You can never have enough travel tips and tricks. And get ready because this month's Reina Crew has got so many fantastic ones in store for you. So that's coming up next. Need a judgment-free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week we have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. Today, we have several guests on the podcast as it is the week where we get to hang out with this month's Reina crew. As you know, the theme for this month is all about travel so we can work on doing more of it because who doesn't want to travel more, right? Before getting to today's show, let's get to know your Reina crew for this month, shall we? Danielle Ramolaru is a young professional in the New York City metro area pursuing financial independence. Her mission is to educate and inspire other first-generation Americans and college graduates on financial literacy in an effort to create generational wealth. Then Vanessa Castaños is an actor, producer, and freelance travel and culture writer. She founded Hustle Justice in 2017 as a free resource for digital nomads, freelancers, and those wishing to learn how to become location independent. And finally, we have Amanda Abella, who is an award-winning Latina personal finance and business blogger, Amazon best-selling author, keynote speaker, and business coach who has been blogging since 2010. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, and more. She's also worked with brands like TransUnion, Progressive Insurance, Capital One, and more. Since 2017, Amanda dedicates herself to helping other bloggers and small business owners increase their revenue by building unforgettable brands and improving their sales skills. In today's episode, you're going to learn the top lessons they each learn about travel that save them money. You're also going to learn one big challenge they each had with travel and money as well as the one trip they are each really proud of and why. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this month's Reina Crew. Bienvenidas to the Her Dinero Matters podcast. I'm excited to have you ladies, another Reina Crew, or another pa some panelists who we're going to be discussing all things travel. So are you ladies ready to do this? Yes. So, yes, ma'am. Awesome. So we have, let's just start off with if you could each share a little bit about what you do. And when did travel become important to you? So Danielle, let's start off with you. Tell us more about you and when yeah. did travel become important? So I am the daughter of Ecuadorian immigrants, and I'm currently a program manager in New York City. Travel has always been a like major part of my life. I think it really became like a crucial component of my life when my dad actually got a job working at United. And as an employee for an airline, you get like super great benefits. And so we started traveling more and 
going on trips because we could finally like afford to go on more trips. So it just became a part of my life. I think that was probably when I was 10, eight, around that age. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear because I've seen on Instagram the different places you've been. So I'm excited to dig into that. How about you, Vianessa? Uh, well, I too am the daughter of immigrants. And funnily enough, I'm actually going through my, my own immigration process myself. I'm in the process of moving to Spain. And that's been interesting being on the flip side. But travel has really been a part of my life, my entire life. My parents have been very much get up and go people. I grew up moving to a new city or a new state or a new country every three years or so. My parents were not military. They are just opportunity and money chasers. And, you know, so that's what we did. And we were a very active road trip family. With my parents, we went up and down the East Coast. I don't know how many times on my own. I've gone across the United States back and forth from coast to coast several times traveled internationally. So really for me, it's been part of what I do in my identity since the very beginning. Love it. And Amanda. Hi. So I'm also the daughter of immigrants. My parents immigrated from Cuba and we traveled a bit when I was a kid and I would hear my parents' stories of like traveling around Europe before I was born. <laughs> but it was never a huge thing. My parents really did try. I mean, I was able to go to Spain when I was 11. And I got to go to school over there for a little while, which was a very cool experience. You know, Dominican Republic, you know, annual trips every year. But it was never like a huge thing because of monetary constraints. So it wouldn't really hit me until I was 22. And I just graduated from college, couldn't find a job for six months. My friend saw that I was struggling. He hands me a book, which was The Art of Nonconformity by Chris Gillibo. And in that book, he was talking about how he had this goal to travel to every country in the world by 35. And he was talking about entrepreneurship online. And it was just kind of like the perfect thing I needed to hear at the perfect moment. So I'm like, here I am broke and unemployed and the systems have all failed me. And now someone's telling me that I could work from a laptop and go to any country in the world that I want to go to. And then the friend who'd given me that book was a travel hacker. So he started teaching me how to use like the credit card points to get free travel. And it was like my mind was completely blown. So I've been a pretty avid traveler ever since. <laughs> Love it. And I believe your friend you're referring to, you introduced me to a while back. Is it that same friend? Yes, it's that same friend. Yeah, and he's still globetrotting all over the world I and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, what? You, you got free flights? What? <laughs> what? What do you mean you got free flights? And for me, it was interesting because you assume travel is really expensive. That's what most people think. And then when you realize it's not, it's like your whole brain shifts. <laughs> right, right. And so we have, and it's interesting, some of the things, your stories, and Amanda, with what you said that you about the book and how it's funny how timing is of that you hear the things that you need to hear, the time that you need to hear. I find that interesting. So we have different countries, Ecuador, we have Cuba, and then, Vianessa, I didn't catch I, you. I, yeah, I, I skipped over that. I'm Dominican. Republica Dominic Dominicana. Yeah. Ah, awesome. So let's move on into the lessons. So you ladies have traveled to uh, multiple places. What would you say uh, some top lessons that you have learned about travel that have helped you save money and continue those travels that you enjoy? So let's just start off with you, Vianessa. So one of the main things that I do to save money traveling, I tend to have a little bit more flexibility in terms of schedule because I do freelance and 
relatively location independent. So with that in mind, one of the things that I do when I'm looking for long haul flights, if I'm flying from the US to Europe, I shop almost exclusively one way flights. And I know that seems to be kind of counterintuitive. Most people are like, oh, let me find a round trip flight. But for me, I would say maybe 80% of the time, it ends up being cheaper because what I do is if I'm flying, for example, my parents are based out of South Florida now. And if I'm flying from South Florida to Europe, I'll find a major hub in Europe like London that usually has very cheap flights from the US, whether it's New York, whether it's Florida. You might be able to find flights for $120 one way. And then once you're there, the flights to other countries in Europe are like $20, $30. Whereas if you look for a, a round trip flight, you're looking for $300, if you're lucky, $400 and up, you know, if you find a flight on sale. So for me, that's probably been my biggest money saving tip is to look for one way flights to a location that might be a hub that has cheaper flights to my, my actual ending point. And similar to that, I do a lot of this and, and don't judge me for it, ladies. I don't know if you will judge me or not, but I skip lag quite a bit. So there's, there's actually a website called skiplagging.com or skiplagged.com. I can't quite remember. I think it's skiplagged.com, um, but you don't need the website to do this. So what skip lagging is, is you find a flight to your, your final destination, but it might connect to another city. So for example, if I'm trying to get from Miami to Philadelphia, there might be a direct flight from Miami to Philadelphia that's $300. But if there's a flight from Miami to Denver that's on sale for 120 that happens to have a layover in Philadelphia, I'll buy that ticket and then I just won't take the second flight. It's totally legal. It's gaming the system. I'm sure airlines don't like that, but that's also another way that I save money quite a bit. You just can't miss that first flight. So that, you know, you can't be slick and be like, oh yeah, the second connecting flight is the one that I need because if you don't make that first flight, then you're going to lose your ticket. So, you know, that's, that's my little secret. I learned something new. Me I had too. never heard this yeah. term skip lagging and that I, my mind is blown. I'm like, I never <laughs> thought to do, or maybe I have thought to do that, but I didn't think it was, you could do that, that you yeah. could just skip that second flight. You know, you Love take, it. it takes a little bit of research. Like sometimes I sit in on my computer, if it's, if it's a slow day for me at work, I might sit on my computer for like an hour just looking at flights just to see where they go. But it happens quite a bit where your final destination is actually very expensive from where you're starting from, but it's a cheap layover stop if you're going somewhere else. So just pretend you're going to the other place. You can't check a bag because your bag will end up in wherever the final destination is. But if you're carrying on, you know, check if there is a cheaper flight that happens to have a layover in the city that you want to go to. And you will save a ton of money that way. Oh my goodness. Okay. Love it. Love it. How about you, Amanda? So there's two main things. The first thing has been also gaming the system, but instead of airlines, it's credit cards. <laughs> so I got really into travel hacking, which is basically when you exchange credit card points for free flights. So a lot of these credit cards especially when they're first being introduced into the marketplace, they will have these like insane bonuses. Like I remember when the Chase Sapphire Reserve came out, it was like, I think it was spend like $4,000 in the first three months and you're going to get 100,000 Chase Ultimate Reward Points, which is insanity because it was a promotional thing. Plus they'll pay for your global entry. Plus you get a $350 travel credit every year. And I was like, $4,000 in three months, my business could handle that. 
right? So it's basically been gathering up all these points, right, for money that I already have to spend anyway, and then exchanging those points for free flights. So with the exception of one flight, and it was only because the dates were not flexible because I was flying for an event, I haven't paid for a flight in five years. And I've been all over the United States and then also different parts of Latin America. The other thing I've done is in the last couple of years, I was like, hey, I wonder if I could get people to pay me to travel, <laughs> which I have succeeded in doing. So this year, for example, I was in Cleveland, I was in New York City, I'll be in Chicago, which has been on my bucket list for a while in August, all being paid for my clients. Love it. That's the way to do it. So I have a question on the travel hacking, because this is something I've kind of done, but I haven't done much of just because how my brain works. I'm like, I'm going to get overwhelmed because then I have to do this card, make sure I spend this amount of money in this card and this card. Do you just do like one card and just deal with that and then apply for it? Or how do you manage the cards? So the way that I did it personally, and everyone has their own thing, but the way I would do it is I would just like milk a card for everything it had before moving on to the next one. Makes sense. Um, So if like a better, and I had no loyalty, and I've actually said this, I spoke at Card Forum on this topic, because they were like, how to, I was there with Jason Steele, who who you know, and he was also a travel hacker. And they were asking us, they were like, well, how do we market these things to millennials? And we're like, listen, we have no loyalty, we're going with the best travel card there is, and we'll figure it out. Makes sense. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Cause that's for me was kept me back. It's like, oh my goodness, the one card and then another. And I'm like, oh, forget it. I'll just deal with the card that I've been doing. And we rack up the points and, but then I just never take on another offer for a card. Yeah. And there was a time it's not so much anymore. Cause I was, I'm now getting back into traveling a lot. And I realized the cards haven't changed that much since I was really into it because I took a year off. But there was a time that credit card companies were literally at war with each other to see who could get the best rewards. Because the idea was that they were going to make a bunch of money off of people's debt. But the credit that didn't card, work. And it didn't work. Chase lost so much money on the Chase Sapphire Reserve because people knew how the game worked. Those people like me who were taking out that card. <laughs> right, right. Makes Don't feel sense. bad for Chase, though. They got plenty of money. But, you know, oh, they I'm did sure. actually lose money yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And Danielle, how about you? What would well, you say? First of all, I need to learn how to game the system because I don't know how to do any of those things. And I played around with the credit card uh, points, but I feel like I, it, I haven't, like, mastered it. So, Amanda, we need to talk about that offline. But I think what has helped me a lot when I'm traveling is like where I'm staying and what I'm eating. So I like to stay at places where I'm going to have a fridge or a small kitchen. doesn't need to be like an entire house, but if I have access to a kitchen, it's helpful. And then going to grocery stores locally. So buying local bread, buying something that I can just make myself and then take it on the go so I'm not like spending money out buying food that is probably not going to be super fun and Instagrammable. And so I do a lot myself, like obviously like two dinners, whatever, whatever amount that I want to like really enjoy the local like food in the area. But I do make sure that those meals that really don't matter, like my breakfast and my lunch, if I'm driving from area to area are anything that I would eat at home. 
Oh my goodness. So I love the different tips because they're so diverse yeah. from, okay, I'm just going to really watch where I stay and, re- and be really intentional where I stay. And I'm going to make the sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly or whatever they are, and just g- do good with that. And then uh, Vianessa, she's like, well, I'm going to go to this city and then forget to go into the <laughs> next city, which I love. And then of course, Amanda with the points and the travel hacking. I absolutely love that. So let's talk about some challenges because, of course, you've had these wins, you've had these great successes. So let's talk about one challenge that you have had with travel. So, Amanda, let's start with you. Oh, this is a really good one. I think for me, it's just like random things, like, but it's like everyday things. Like, I remember when we went to Costa Rica, I was in Costa Rica earlier this year. And we couldn't find flights to the regional airport we had to go to. It was insane. It was like $1,000. You would spend like 13 hours in Houston, Texas. And we're like, but it's literally two and a half hours from South Florida. To, 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 to get, this doesn't make any sense, right? Like we could get a cheaper flight to San Jose and then like road trip it to wherever we have to be, which is what we ended up doing. What we didn't take into account... <laughs> This was really good. On the way back to San Jose to get our flight back to the United States, we forgot to um, take out cash for the tolls. <laughs> so we're here holding up traffic in the middle of a highway in Costa Rica, like scrambling for change in like a rental car, <laughs> trying to figure it out. I think at some point we just like threw dollars at them just so like they would let us through. <laughs> Because we completely forgot about the past thing when we were renting the car. And then we didn't really have cash on us. It was a mess. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's about those details that we, you need to be privy to or, or really understand ahead of time of the place that you're traveling. Because yeah. sometimes we don't know what we don't know, right? Yeah. Uh, so, oh, my goodness. So you finally were able to pass through just because you had some dollars. You're we like, here, I'm paying. Dollars. Yeah, and we're US like, dollars. we're paying US dollars. We'll take the US dollars. We're fine. Here, go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. How about you, uh, Danielle? Well, I am going to have to agree with Amanda. That is really important. You need to know where you're going and what you need. So my boyfriend and I went to Iceland in October of last year. So last October. And we rented a car because we were going to do the ring road. And as soon as we like drove off from the rental car, we put gas. So we're like, okay, let's fill up the tank. And then we drove not even like a minute and the car was like making weird noises. And I was like, oh no, like they gave us a bad car. And so my boyfriend was like, okay, let's pull over. And the car had broken down and we were just like, what happened? And uh, I was trying to like backtrack what we had done. And I was like, well, we got gas. So like what happened in that situation that like made the car have this reaction. So it turns out that we couldn't just use like standard gas. It had to be diesel for the vehicle that we were driving. And that, you know, cost us a lot of money. And so we had to get the car towed. And we spent the first like day just at the auto shop waiting for the car to get repaired. And then eating at like some restaurant next door because we were hungry because we had just landed. And then we were waiting for our car to get fixed. So that was a big no-no. Like be aware of what's going on, where you're going, what you're, like what the car situation is that needs diesel, ask all those questions. 
Well, I have a story about that, that I did the opposite and I was not traveling and I was at some meet, this was years ago when this was in Kansas city and I was head, was about to head back home. I was exhausted and the, I needed to fill up. I stopped and got gas, right? And somehow I managed to fill it up with diesel fuel and it didn't turn on. My husband was quite... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Pleased with me that night. Yeah. So, so yeah, it works the opposite way. So I'm very, very, I stay away because I think it's covered with green now, the, the handle. So I like, anytime I see it, I stay, I don't even pull up to that one because I'm just like, it was so easy. And what's crazy is it's a different than how it goes in. It was like, wasn't, it, no estaba cuadrando. It wasn't going in correctly. And that didn't even trigger anything. That's how exhausted I was. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. So, Vianessa, how about you? What's one challenge you've had? Well, first, each of those stories gave me mad anxiety. Like, just listening to you guys, I want to have, like, a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I would be so stressed out if something happened to my car or, like, I was stuck with a in a toll situation with no money. But anyways, my biggest challenge, quite honestly, my biggest challenge is traveling within the U.S. I find... Flying in the United States, in the continental United States, to be very cost prohibitive a lot of the time. Um, I think when you're dealing with like regional travel, like, yeah, sometimes you can find cheap flights. And recently I was in New York going to DC and I would like, those buses are great. You can get a bus for like $15, $20. Love it. But, you know, most of my friends and my family are spread out across the country. And if I want to visit somebody, um, if I want to fly into, you know, Chicago, or if I want to visit my friends in Los Angeles, a lot of times those round trip tickets cost way more than, you know, a flight outside of the country. So for me, I end up not seeing people because in my mind, I'm like, well, for that price, I can go, you know, I can go to Portugal for two weeks and come back and the ticket, the flight is not as expensive as it is for me to go from Miami to LA. You know, and I think a lot of, um, I don't want to say my friends, because that I, I don't think it's my friends necessarily. But I think a lot of people think of flying outside of the US as something that's very expensive when they're planning holidays, when they're, you know, if I'm trying to recruit people like, oh, let's meet up here. It's usually because the flight is cheaper, but it's not something that that clicks. And I'm not really sure why flying within the US from, you know, one coast to the other is just so damn expensive. Yeah, and I agree with that because last time I was in Europe, I remember getting a flight from Spain, north of Spain, where I was, to Rome for like 12 euro. Yeah, sometimes they're even as cheap as 9 euro. And granted, like, Europe, the landmass of Europe is not as big as the continental U.S. Like, I understand that. But even if you take the size of Europe and, like, you put it on a U.S. map, wherever point A to the edge of like that Europe size map map is, it's still very expensive. Like you can't really fly anywhere in the US for $20, $30, even $50, you know, whereas in Europe, you can in Southeast Asia, you can you can fly to other Southeast Asian countries and even Australia, very inexpensively. So I'm not really sure if it's taxes or cost of fuel or what exactly it is. And even trains, trains here, like the Amtrak, I love a train. But I was looking at a ticket when I was that bus trip that I took from New York to D.C. I was thinking of doing it via train because I was like, well, that'll be a nice, nice trip, nice views. I love a good train. 
And I think the ticket one way was almost $200. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've tried that. Yeah. I've tried that. I ended up flying one time because I'm in DC and I had to go to New York. And so I'm like, oh, train will be cheaper. Nope. I ended no. up just flying up there, even though I ended up paying also the taxi and the tolls. And I'm like, maybe it was equivalent to the trip. But still, I would have had to add the taxi or Uber to the hotel and all that. Yeah. And that's, a, I'm, I'm, now you have me thinking, Vanessa, about that, because I'm wondering, because of course, when we think of Europe and we think the culture of Europe, travel, it's like big, it's a part of what they do, you know, and they take time, you know, they have the holidays, right? They go on holidays. I wonder, even though it's not that the airports don't stay busy here in the U.S. to, you know, for inner, you know, within the continent or within the country. I'm wondering if the demand here is not as large, if that's a part of it, or what do you think? Because I know you mentioned taxes and, you know, gas and all that. I wonder, if, do you think that's a part of it? I'm curious. I, 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 don't, I don't know, because if you, obviously, this isn't very scientific at all, but if you fly to any airport in the U.S., they're busy. You know, the flights are almost always full. They keep getting more and more expensive, you know, gas fees and whatever. But I'm not really sure. Perhaps it's just a business model. Maybe in Europe, they've found a way to you know, improve upon that business model where they're still making a profit and, you know, being accessible to more people. I don't know, but it's it's very frustrating because, you know, I keep mentioning Europe, but even I love traveling in the U.S. The U.S. has so many different cultures, so many different climates, so many different things to see and experience. And it's a shame that it people aren't able to really explore their own country because, you know, because of the of the cost of all these things. So, I really wish that, I don't know if it's a government thing or if it's just an industry-wide thing, but whoever, whoever's out there listening is, and <laughs> can manage this, figure it out because there's so much to see and do in the U.S. that I think, you know, if, if local tourism, for lack of a better word, were promoted more, I think more people would be happy to pay for those flights and go to other states if, if it was a little bit more accessible. Yeah, and I have something to say about this because I've noticed it through my own travels and I also have a coaching client who's a travel agent and we've spoken extensively about this because she's lived in other countries and things like that. It's also a cultural thing going on in the United States that for some reason, what is it, like 60% of Americans don't even have a passport? And I think a lot of Americans also don't even realize that just in you having an American passport, like... They don't even know how many countries they can go to without having a deal with like applying for a visa beforehand. So I think there's a lot of things going on. I think it's maybe we don't value it as much. I don't know if that has anything to do with price. I think it's that the American idea of travel is very different. Like Europeans travel, Americans go on vacation. They're not the same mm, thing. True. That yeah, is you know, true. Jump in there real quick um, in terms of the visa, because this is something that I write and talk about a lot. Your American passport does get you visa-free access to 116 countries. Yeah, that's crazy. The moment I learned that, I was like, I'm going all over the world. <laughs> and then the other thing I noticed, and this I noticed when I was in Mexico, and I think it goes back to that cultural idea. I had to make a stop in Cancun before I got to my final destination because I was staying with a friend in a small town in the south of Mexico. So I'm like, no, I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to go to like authentic Mexico. I don't care about this hotel life on the Caribbean side, right? And I realized that, like, I'm like, there are more white people in Cancun than there are in Miami, which is where I'm from. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> and they would just, like, stay in the hotel. 
get drunk the whole time, no shade. They were probably blowing off some steam, right? And to me, because I was going to this like little town, I'm like, this is very strange to me because when I come to Mexico, like, and I want to see the culture, this is not what I think of when I think of Mexico. Maybe it's because I'm Latina, so I know a little bit more about Mexican culture. And I remember taking the regional flight from Cancun to where I was meeting my friend. I was the only American on that flight. Everyone else uh, who was on that flight and was not Mexican was European. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. And I think, and I don't want to derail the conversation more, but I think to that point in terms of why that's happened, I think because you, you mentioned a lot of Americans don't have a passport. Shoot, here in the U.S., Americans don't, you know, the geography and knowing, you know, with the different countries and where they are and confusing Latin American countries, you know, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> but all of that, I think, is we're uh, in the U.S., we're so covered. I don't know if sheltered is the right word, but we're like in this little bubble. tiny cubicle. Bubble. Bubble. So yeah. we don't know. So when, like, for example, Mexico and those places want to have us travel, they want to recreate that bubble for us. Yeah. If that way, you know, and I have a feeling that's a part of that because that's where we are. I'm just saying Americans are um, more comfortable. So that's, that's what I think. But that's, 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 that's very interesting. Well, they also go on vacation. They don't travel. Exactly. Yeah, so that's, that is that definitely. Yeah, definitely. So Danielle, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I was actually thinking about maybe it has a lot to do with because in Europe, all the countries are very close to each other. And so like, you know, somebody's border is your backyard. So I feel like maybe they need a passport more than we would. I don't know, because I feel like if you live in the middle of the country in the US, like you probably aren't thinking about, oh, I need a passport to go to the next state over. So I, I feel like because our country is so big, many people are just like not thinking about like, uh, what do I need to go to the next place over? So I don't know. I think that could be a part of it. But yeah, the whole like we vacation and not travel is a big part of it. Yeah. I'm loving this conversation. So let's wrap it up with one more question. And if you could, let's start off with you, Amanda. Tell us about one trip that you are really proud of. I was actually pretty proud of that Mexico trip because... The town I was staying in, I think I told you this the last time I saw you, but it was like magical realism personified. Like that's what the town was. I went from beach to mountains to jungle in a matter of like a week. I was staying with a friend in someone's house. I was eating like the food they were cooking. I mean, it was such an authentic experience that I came back and I was like, Mexico is a very magical culture. Like there's something very unique about Mexican culture that I haven't experienced in other parts of Latin America. And I am Latin American, right? And I still feel like there, there's something there. There's something magical. When you go see Mexico for real, you know, and you get outside of the touristy things, and everybody was so hospitable, and people were so afraid. They're like, oh my God, aren't you scared of going to Mexico? And I came back and I was like, I've seen shadier stuff on my block than I saw where I was. Yeah. And it's also the perception and being that I'm from Colombia, I've heard this time and time, you know, there's so, so many times that I've gotten into arguments with people just defending Colombia and just the perception and, and like how it 
quote unquote, it's dangerous. I'm like, do you realize how dangerous it is still here in the US? You know, like, come on, wake up, people. But, anyways, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> so, Vanessa, how about you? Tell us about one trip you're really proud of. I would say, and I feel like I, I mentioned this trip quite a lot when I talk to people,、um, but a few years ago, Uh, before, well, I guess during, before and during my 35th birthday, I decided that I was going to, I was kind of like at a crossroads. I was very frustrated with where I was at. I was actually living outside of New York at the time.、Um, and I was like, well, I don't really know what I, what I want to do next. And so I decided to take a solo trip. And it was my first solo trip, even though I travel a lot. I've never traveled alone up until that point. And that trip was to Spain. And I walked the Camino de Santiago. Cool. Which I actually did like half of it. I didn't do the whole thing. I did, I think, in the end, I ended up walking 330 miles in 11 days <laughs> by myself with a backpack, sleeping in hostels, which I had never done before.、Um, and just really, you know, I was just forced to be out of my element literally in every way possible. And that was an absolutely life changing experience for me. When I got back, That's when I decided to launch my, my website. And I decided that, you know what, I need to do whatever it is to set myself up because I want to end up back in Spain. Like, I, my goal at that point was like, I want to get all my ducks in a row so that I could move to Spain, which is actually the process that I'm going through now. So it really kind of opened my eyes to myself. You know, it kind of got, let, let me really get in touch with myself and what was important to me. And it was just absolutely beautiful. The, scene, the scenery was beautiful. The experience was beautiful. Meeting strangers along the way and becoming friends with people because you guys are all hungry and in pain and sweating day in and day out. I absolutely recommend anybody, you know, if you're, if you're kind of looking for sort of a, a self discovery trip, I definitely recommend doing at least part of the Camino de Santiago. And we were up there、uh, several years ago as a family. We didn't do the Camino of Santiago, but, but we were up there in that area just as people were walking through and、yeah. staying in different hostels and just witnessing. There's, it was beautiful just to see complete strangers, right? And just、uh, bonding and helping each other and all that stuff. And I was like, wow. Because I, <laughs> I don't know, you know, at least at this point in my life, if I'm brave enough to go out solo like that, but for you to hear you do that is inspiring.、Thank、so I love、that. that you share it's that. It's such a beautiful experience because it sounds cheesy, but it sort of reminds you, especially with everything that's going on in the world, it reminds you of the goodness in people and the fact、mm-hmm. that we are all just human and we're kind of all just. You know, finding our way and figuring things out. And, you know, the, the people there, it, that probably was the most significant part of the experience was meeting people from Korea and Germany、mm-hmm. who, like complete strangers, that under any other circumstances, you never even would have crossed paths. And it's just love、beautiful. it.、That's、I saw、awesome. people doing it last time I was in Spain.、Um, and I don't know, they had like something with their aura or something. I don't know, but there was like this jolliness to them. And you just see them there with like, The hiking thing and the backpack, and they're just like in the middle of Bilbao, for example, just like walking through Bilbao, like trying to get to Santiago. <laughs> yeah, and I have some family members, they've been,、uh, I won't, wouldn't be able to do this this long. So it's my uncle, a, well, he's married to my aunt, my biological aunt, I guess. 
Anyway, so he's um, has some disabilities. So they are uh, tricycling. So it's like a sit down with three wheels. And like they've been doing this for three years all throughout Europe. And I'm like, literally, like wow. he has not left Europe. I mean, she has to see her, uh, her kids and stuff. But that's just like, that's how they're retired. And that's, they're just kind of hanging out and just going, you know, to different spots and staying in hostels and just yeah, I mean, with no break, I don't know. I, I want my bed sometime. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's interesting. And Danielle, how about you? One trip that you're really proud of? So one trip that I'm really proud of, I would say it's Ecuador 2016. This was a trip I was really proud of because for the first time I was going to Ecuador not to stay with family. So I years before Ecuador is like, you go, you stay at a family member's house and you're just like with family the whole time. And you're like, okay. And then you come back and people are like, oh, how was Ecuador? And I was like, fun. It was great. Yeah. I just saw a bunch of family, but this time I went with my boyfriend and really saw the places that people travel to Ecuador to see. So like we went to Baños and, you know, that was beautiful staying at a hostel a like very eco-friendly hostel and getting to experience that part of my country was just wonderful. And I mean, even now I still haven't gone to like the Galapagos and there's so many areas in Ecuador that I want to go see and just being able to do it, you know, in the Baños area and seeing that side, it was, was really nice. It made me appreciate Ecuador a lot more than just like a place to go and see family. Absolutely. Well, ladies, this has been just fantastic. I love the discussion. I love we even got a little philosophical as well. (laughs) Danielle and I were talking about that uh, offline. And the tips that you shared, I definitely came out uh, learning something new. So thank you so much for being here for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me today. Thank you. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Wasn't that absolutely fantastic? I hope that you learned as much as I did. To connect with Arena Crew for this month, you will find their full bio and information on today's show notes. But if you're ready to connect with them now, simply for Danielle, you can go to firstgenmoney.co. For Vanessa, you can go to thehustlejustice.com. And for Amanda, you can go to amandaabella.com. Let's move on to the reina of the week. This reina of the week is Monica for staying consistent on tracking her money for the past uh, month and gaining clarity around her money, which has been absolutely huge for her. If you want to nominate someone who you feel should be recognized, you can submit your nomination over at jenhempill.com forward slash reina of the week. Remember this mujer, this woman can be anybody. doesn't have to be a listener of the show. It can be someone that just really has inspired you and you feel they could use some recognition. Why not? It always feels good to be recognized. And now for the Pregunta of the Week. Today's Pregunta of the Week is what was your favorite travel tip from this conversation? What is that one travel tip that you have used that you would like to share? So. Technically, I guess it's two questions. <laughs> but to answer the pregunta of the week, you need to go to the Her Dinero Matters Hub and go to your account. If you have one, if you don't, you can create your free account by grabbing the My Daily Money Ritual. 
After answering the four questions for that month, you will unlock a bonus gift. And this month's freebie or bonus gift is a video training that goes into more detail on my method that I spoke about on the first episode of this month, as well as I'm giving you a free Trello board template to help you apply what you learned in that training and make travel a more normal part of your life and budget. You Again, you need to answer those four questions for the month. And if you're listening to this at a later date, no worries. You can still grab the bonus gift just by answering those four questions for that month's theme, which this month it is all about travel. Next week, we start a new month, which means a new theme, and we will be tackling frugality. We'll start off the month with a solo episode. So it's just you and I where I share with you how to be frugal and make it worth your time. That is a wrap for today. I want to thank the whole Reina crew. So Danielle, Vianessa, and Amanda for sharing all the goods today and all the nuggets because we've learned a ton. Also, don't forget if you love this episode or this podcast, it would mean the world if you share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even a stranger. Nunca se sabe, you never know when someone is in pain in their financial life. And just the sheer sharing of this podcast or episode may be the push or inspiration they need to move forward. Until next week, stay consistent on those money actions and habits so you can not only be that reina of your money, but love your dinero more. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.